This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode is with Reed Buchanan. Reed is a professional runner and web developer. He ran with On Running and was coached by Andrew Castor for several years, living in Mammoth. We get to hear a little bit about what life was like living in Mammoth and how he met his beautiful wife, Sarah, who's also a professional runner. Reed gives us some really great perspective in this podcast episode about what running really means to him and how he's looking at it now that he is working full-time outside of the world of running, um, no longer under a sponsorship. He recently ran in the Rivergate Run in Jacksonville, Florida. Reed also recently competed in the World Cross Country Championships this past February, and I think that you all will hear some really refreshing things that he has to say about how much he enjoys running and letting the pressure just fall off. He's a three-time marathoner and he also gets into some issues he's had during marathoning that have been a really big frustration to him. But the way he looks at it now is with gratitude for all the things he's been able to accomplish and to do. And I just really love getting to know Reed and I know you will too. If you do enjoy the podcast, leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes. You will be entered to wear a pair of Gooder sunglasses when you do so. This podcast is supported by Prevenex. If you are a runner, which I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this podcast, their joint health supplement delivers ingredients that are clinically proven to offer the most comprehensive and complete joint protection and relief available on the market. You got to try it out. It is a strong, natural anti-inflammatory that they use to help support your joints. And the best thing is that Prevenix will always offer you your money back if you do not see results. Here's what one review says. I'm impressed. This genuinely worked. My close friend told me about this product and I thought he was full of crap, but my joints feel better after three days on the supplement. Crazy results. So I highly recommend it. I actually take it every day myself. And I also love their Nurify Plus protein powder. I use it in smoothies and I shake it up with water. I actually did that today after my run and lift because I had a quick turnaround before my interview. So I just shook up the protein powder, had a banana, boom, there we go. You all can save when you go to privanex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout, save 15%. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Reed. All right. Well, today on All Have Another, we have Reed Buchanan on the show. Welcome to the show, Reed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you and honored that you didn't cancel because you got very little sleep last night. Um, I got enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you are in Jacksonville right now for the Gate River Run. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I've done this race once and it was actually uh right before the world shut down um so 2020 of i guess early march this was like the last normal thing i did 
And so it has like a special memory in my mind. Mm. That was literally right before, because I always talk about like the Olympic marathon trials right before, but this was really right before. Yeah, this was the week after that. Um, And and things were actually still normal. You know, the race Mm. went on as normal. There was chatter about this new thing, this virus, Mm -hmm. but no one was (laughs) really taking it serious. Because I feel like it just went almost zero to 100 with the shutdowns and everything, you know? So yeah um, i talked to the race director last night you know he's asking me when was the last time i did this and, I, and he was like oh yeah that was that was the last normal thing we all did was the gate river run so so crazy yeah i remember i had like a trip planned to california like a week after that and i was like obvious and i still thought i was going you know like two weeks before like even 10 days before and it just suddenly nothing yep <laughs> Okay, I love Jacksonville. I go there every year for the Donna Marathon weekend. And so I always say I want to go down to Gate River, but I the Donna Marathon weekend's like the second weekend in February. So it's like a lot of Jacksonville in a short period of time if I go back. But that's a really special race, and there's always so many really talented runners down there. Are you excited? I am, yeah. I, um, I always feel better about doing a race a second time. Um, this race is famous for... It's bridge crossings, mm. especially the uh, last one that's in like the last mile. And I was a little unprepared for that last time, I feel like. And so now I know, you know, I'm I'm acquainted with that bridge. Is it like steep? It's steep. And uh, depending on the day, it can get some wind. That's what I remember the, the most is like you get up high like you know towards the Uh, tip of the arch and it's like wow it's got to be like 40 miles an hour up here uh uh-huh so well i'm excited to yeah i'm excited don't did you say don't lead yeah that's that's a mistake (laughs) i made last time but uh what did you what did you place last time i was fifth and then one guy cheated like i got caught cheating and so i was fourth i guess cheating like how like drugs or like cut the course um like Failed a drug test. Okay, failed drug test. Okay. Um, Wow. Now I'm excited to go. So this episode is obviously going to come out after you run the race because, you know, we're recording this on Friday and you're running it this weekend. Um, But now I'm excited to go look at the the list of of who's running and then be excited to see what happens this weekend. That's awesome. Um, Okay. So other exciting news with Reed is you just ran the World Cross Championships. That's amazing. I did. yeah, that was an experience. Australia is very far away. I don't I don't think, <laughs> you know, as Americans, like we really understand that. But wow, the, the earth is big because it, it took a long time to get there. Yeah. Tell me about that. What, what's the farthest you'd traveled before then? Oh, geez. Um, probably just to Europe from the West Coast, which I think is nine hours. Okay. But we were entering 14 hour realm on the pl- airplane and I'm just like, man, that that's a long time on an airplane. That's yeah. That's, a, that's over half a day. How did you handle that? Do you get like claustrophobia or anything like that? Did you have to talk yourself out of that? No, I I I like movies. Um, so it's, you know, it's always like I I tend to um try and save movies for airplanes. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I don't, I typically don't, you know, like in the evenings or something, watch a movie. I'll try to stick to like shows if I'm going to, you know, have a guilty pleasure like that. 
Um, mm. And so I had a lot of movies to catch up on. What'd you watch? I watched The Woman King. That is great. I watched, um, well, I watched Lost in Translation, which I've seen because um, my wife, Sarah, is going to Japan to run the Nagoya Marathon. And oh, I'm okay. going I'm going with her. So, you know, if I wanted a movie that's probably very uh, bad at representing the Japanese culture, you know, Bill Murray, Lost in Translation. Um, geez, what else did I watch? Um, when, I is, watched... when is she go, when is she going to do that? That's um, next weekend is the marathon. So I actually get back wow. from Jacksonville and then I'll leave. She leaves Sunday um, and I leave Tuesday, I think. Wow, you yeah. are a world traveler. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm really doing it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so sorry, I interrupted you. What's the other movie? Oh jeez. Um now I now I now I don't remember. Oh, I watched um I'm kind of a sucker for the big Hollywood ones because I just want to see. So I watched Yeah. I watched the Black Adam movie with uh whatever the, not Ben Diesel, the other guy, the Rock. Um <laughs> it was it was not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I wonder um, if Ben Diesel and The Rock know they get confused a lot. <laughs> oh, I cannot be the only one who does that. No, and, and they're in like the, they're in like the same movies, so it's like yeah, yeah. It's not even a bad it's not even a bad guess because they're probably uh-huh. in the movie together at some point. Right. But yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. Uh, back to World Cross. Um, yeah. Yeah. It. It's funny because a lot of the Australians apologize for the location of it because. You know, you fly into Sydney and then there's really, I don't know if there's any other way to get to Bathurst where it was besides this long, um, windy bus ride through um, their Blue Mountains. You know, mountains is used uh, lightly in my point of view, you know, with, <laughs> with the mountains that we have in America. But still, yeah, it was a very windy bus ride. It took about three hours. And when you wow. do that after that sort of travel is just like kind of like why is this here um and yeah the australians they kind of like apologize for it, like the people on their team um and i feel like that's kind of like how we approach eugene you know we're mm. like oh we're so sorry this is here but the the course itself was amazing like what they were able to do with that wow yeah, that's an interesting comparison because you're saying because there's no like direct flights to Eugene, things like right. that. Right. And there's like not really anything to do. <laughs> I mean, just track town. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you have to name a town, a nickname a town after the one thing <laughs> that's there, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, I've know. never actually been to Eugene. So I didn't, I don't know much about, you know, the sleepy town that it is outside of track town, I guess. Yeah, you should, uh, you know, you should go not during a track of it and see what you think. <laughs> see what it actually is. Yeah. Um, but did you have a good experience? You said the course was awesome. Yeah, I um, I unfortunately got pretty sick. Um, oh. I know. It's the travel thing. And um, I feel like whenever I have a really, uh, a race that I'm really excited for, I tend to get sick just right before it because why not? Um <laughs> So I don't, I don't think I had a very good race at all. Um, but you know, I'm trying this new thing as I'm now 30 to 
maybe just more appreciate the race as itself and the experience that it was instead of getting caught up in the result because a lot of times things happen that you can't control. Um, so yeah. Um, and actually not to take away from the race, but I really liked Sydney as a city. Um, a few other professional runners and I, we got to stay after and, um, kind of explore Sydney and it's, it's just a really cool city that I think, um, could take on any Southern California city. Um, and you know, the, the people who live, you know, since I'm live in San Diego, people are really proud to be from San Diego. They think, yeah. you know, for the most part, it probably is the nicest city in America, but I would uh, venture to say that Sydney's better. Wow. That is I a know. big statement. I know. Um, talk about perks of the job, you know, like right. it kind of stinks that with travel comes possibly getting sick before your race. I mean, that's like just comes with the territory, but what a perk of the job to then be able to like, we're going to hang out in Sydney for a little bit before coming home. I mean, that's the way to do it. I know. And it actually, um, so I actually work as a software engineer. I just started in January, but okay. the time zone worked out pretty well because it's so far ahead mm. that I was pretty much just working, you know, the Tuesday to the day. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I actually think I read that you were doing that now. Web developer, is that what you're doing? Yes. So you're not in Mammoth anymore? I'm not. I actually um, slowly left Mammoth, um, I would say, during COVID. Okay. And by slowly, I mean, I still kept going up there for stints. And okay. um, like when I was up there... Andrew Castor would always be willing to help me with whatever, you know, a lot of people think that um, coaching is, is writing training plans. And like, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part it is, but at the professional level, I tend to know what to do and when to do it. But a lot of coaching is just having somebody there on a bike and especially with marathon workouts, just giving you fluids like mm -hmm. that is so important and almost impossible to replicate. Like, unless I'm doing a very short loop, you know, like three miles or less, I can't, I can't really give myself fluids. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's something that people don't really know about professional coaches that can't be that much fun because it's not like they're biking mm -hmm. that fast, you know, yeah. or even worse, driving in a car. You yeah. can imagine, you know, driving whatever that is, like 11 miles an hour, 12 miles an hour for over two hours like how how boring that must be but they just selflessly always do it what about like the feedback aspect of coaches and as you get older and you're a professional runner like obviously there's a lot of self-motivation there but how much of like the coach gives you that I want to make my coach proud kind of thing yeah um I, I do think I think that in terms of it's almost like an accountability thing um, it, and I think like, you know, in races, that's probably the most you're on your own. Um, but in terms of showing up every day, if they're willing to show up, then I'm, um, definitely going to give them my best in that, in that day. It, it's so much easier to do that than when you're by yourself. Um, because then you're just holding yourself accountable, which, um, is a lot harder to do than when somebody's right there with you 
it's like, okay, if they're out here um, helping me, then I'm going to, you know, have a good workout just by default. So in San Diego, are you working with a coach? Um, sort of, uh, you know, for a little bit, I, I went by myself. Um, and the reason I, I moved to San Diego was for Sarah, um, which was a good reason because we ended up getting married. So, but her Congratulations. coach, yeah, thank you. Her coach, Terrence, man, he moved there in 2019 and he's kind of slowly adopted me as like his honorary athlete. Um, because just, just because like, uh, you know, I would talk to him about training. Um, I don't, I don't think I can officially say he's my coach because he's an Adidas coach. Um, and that's, but I don't really know the stipulations behind that. Maybe I just outed him. Hopefully nobody from Adidas <laughs> listens to this, but he does. And I, you know, I, I just don't feel, you know, I would feel bad if I said, yeah, no, I do this all on my own because that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, he, he does occasionally help out with uh, certain things and is willing to help out with certain, if with anything, if I asked um, again, uh, for not that much money. Like, it's just, yeah. Like, I feel like coaches are so, so selfless, especially at this level. I mean, maybe the, the big brand system coaches get paid enough to make their efforts worth it, but I would say a lot of them don't. Um, this is Terrence Mahone. Is that who you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. I, that's what he has, he has that Irish sort of pronunciation of that name. And I've said <laughs> Mahone in the past and then I've been corrected. And I think it's Mahan. Is it? I don't, I, I, I always know. feel like I say it wrong too. But when you said man, I was like, is there a different Terrence? But no, you're in San Diego. Is, and I'm same, like, same that one. would be really um, random. What we'll have to do is maybe Sarah won't listen to this before she does hers. And then we'll see how and she see says see what she it. says. Yeah. 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 I, I need to have him on the podcast anyway. I don't even know if he does podcasts, but I love interviewing coaches. And, you know, some of the coaches will come on. Some of them won't, won't even entertain it. But I, don't, um, I haven't. I haven't done that dance with him. I don't know. Okay. Is he one that wouldn't? Okay. I don't think so. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because you know, like the Joe Bosshards, the Jerry Schumachers, you can't get them on. But I never, I have always thought about Terrence, but I don't, I haven't investigated him enough. I've just talked about him with lots of athletes on the show. Yeah. I would put it at like 80, 20 of him not going on. 20% that I could. Yeah. I'll give you 20. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Might be in like a good mood or something and has something to get off his chest or I don't know. Dream big. Okay, yeah. that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right, everybody. This podcast is supported by Lagoon Sleep. Go take a two-minute quiz to find out what pillow is best for you. Sleep is so important and they have the best pillows at Lagoon. I sleep on the Fox. And I'm telling you, I'm kind of obsessive with my sleep and there is no better pillow. You fill out the survey and it matches you. So if you're a side sleeper, a back sleeper, if you sleep hot, if you sleep cold, all the things you're looking for, if you want more support, less support, it will cater to you. And then they even send you the fluff that goes in the pillow and you can fill it up as much or as little as you want, which I love because sometimes I feel like pillows are too full. Uh, So go get some good sleep. There's no better thing to invest in than your sleep. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show.
so you moved to San Diego for Sarah. That's sweet. I mean, what a beautiful place to live. And, and what was the impetus of deciding to go ahead and get a regular person job? <laughs> oh, well, it did coincide with um, my contract with On Running ending uh, this past mm-hmm. December. And, you know, you know that ahead of time. You know, I, I've known that for four years, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I haven't been able to um, nail a marathon, which is kind of what all I really wanted to do at this at this level. And, you know, when you know that, it, it was pretty clear that I wasn't going to re-sign with them. Um, and so, actually, you know, by that point, by this last year, I had known that I kind of, I have this issue with marathons um, that doesn't allow me to finish them without walking some. And, mm. you know, it happened twice with the marathon project in Boston. So it, I, like, I was aware of it. So I had this final year where I actually went back to school at UCSD to become a web developer. Um, so I was already kind of like sort of prepping that because, um, you know, right now in my career, I, I'm actually sort of just running races to test um, certain things I'm trying to do to fix it. You know, I know, I know that's like weird to say. Um, What's the issue? I, I, my left hamstring belly, which is very much a sprinter muscle, not a long distance runner muscle, um, it, it'll fully cramp at a certain point in the race. And I, and I would guarantee it at any race that's longer than 10 miles. Um, mm. it's like an intensity plus time type thing. And a lot of smart people have given me opinions on what they think it is. Uh, like nobody knows for sure. And yeah, it's, it was, it was so very frustrating. frustrating. Yeah. The, the, I would say, cause the first time it happened was when I ran the Houston half in 2020. And it's funny because of how long it takes for you to like, not think it's something that's your fault. Like at first it was like, oh, well, I went out too hard. It's like, okay. And then I, you know, did another race where I didn't go out too hard, like went out really conservative and then it still happens. I'm like, oh, that wasn't it. And then it was like, okay, well, it's nutrition. And then I guzzled down like an absurd, almost like max capacity amount of carbs um, mm. before and during Boston. And it's like, oh, and never mind, it still happens. Um, so, it, it, and that's just, you know, that's the, that's the scientific experiment. That's what you do. You keep having these hypotheses and when one doesn't work, you, you just cross it off. Um, that's so frustrating though. It's like, uh, go back to the drawing table. So do, have you had any answers now? Like you said, you had some smart people telling you they think they know what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little long winded. Um, but like I'll try to summarize. It's basically I, um, the body is very good at compensating. Mm-hmm. And um, the theory is that, you know, when I ran in college, my first college that I went to, University of Kansas, I mm-hmm. had almost every year um, a hamstring strain in um, kind of where the hamstring divides out behind the knee. And the theory is that my brain started to protect myself um, from that after it happened Mm -hmm. multiple times. Now it happened because I had um, too hard of workouts too quickly, like just wasn't a good development. Um, But 
once it started happening, my, my brain was like, okay, well, we're going to lay off your hamstring. And so what I did was I started running differently. And then this led to um, me eventually tearing um, the muscles off of my pubic bone, which I had to get surgery for in 2018. And then when that happened, my front side mechanics got so weak that I'm basically all hamstring um, through my gait. And when you're doing that, it's like I'm doing a butt kick and not doing the high knee component of the gait cycle. <laughs> so this, I mean, yeah, it's, it's insane that like this could be it. But um, so right now, the only thing I can do is strengthen my front side mechanics to hopefully lay off you know, because the entire time everyone thought, oh, well, it's your hamstrings, your hamstrings. So I kept strengthening that, which probably made it worse mm. because now I'm, I, I'm helping it, you know, I'm giving it more power to, to overcompensate. And truthfully, if this is not it, I'm retiring. Gosh, like you seem like a glass half full kind of guy, not a glass half empty kind of guy, but you to saying this and that it stem like if the, this theory is correct that it stems from like too much too soon in college like i'm like pissed off for you like, <laughs> that's so frustrating that you've spent all this time and then you got to keep troubleshooting and then you have a shitty marathon because you know you didn't know yet and it's like i mean you don't want to live a life saying like well what if i hadn't done that but man that is i'm frustrated for you oh thank you um yeah i you know i spent probably too much time being mad at my first mm. college coach knowing what I know now. Um, yeah. And That's hard. it doesn't do it. Like it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything to, to stay mad at that person. Um, mm -hmm. And I think like the only thing I can do is if I continue to somehow stay involved in the sport is let people know the proper way to develop younger runners, especially runners like me who I didn't have the, the, four years of running in high school, you know? Um, and so to go straight to a college program, like I would have needed to do volume probably similar to freshmen in high school. And that's yeah. just like 20 miles a week. Right. Because I was coming from 10. Um, yeah. And you know, that's a hard thing to do when you're given a scholarship, right? Because now that coach is going to coach you to try and perform whatever metric they want to see. If it's conference points, conference, I guess conference points is probably the biggest thing with those um, bigger schools. So yeah, you know, it's a business and I understand that. And so developing me slowly like that maybe takes away two years of being able to score conference points. And I don't know, I ended up getting hurt anyway, so it doesn't matter, which is my counter to that. But I try, I try to, you yeah. know, you try to, um, what did, what did, uh, was it like, who, who's given that quote? Is it Walt Whitman who says, be curious, not judgmental. So yeah. this is me trying yeah. to be curious and understand, um, the system itself and what I signed up for. Like I, yeah. you know, I signed, I signed up to be a collegiate runner. So you were also though, like. 17 or 18 and did not have a fully developed prefrontal cortex so no. <laughs> you know it's like i didn't have that till you know it's like so. right so it's like you know that is on i mean i love that you are letting go of being angry at that coach but that is on the coach not not the kid 
I, I mean, that's, and, and we know better now than we did 20 years ago. Not that you were there 20 years ago, but, um, I, I hope that these conversations encourage coaches and athletes, you know, like maybe we have some 18 year old athletes listening to this podcast that will, um, stand up for themselves and, and not fall into these situations. Cause that really sucks. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And it's tough. Um, it, especially because you just don't, yeah, you just don't know. Um, you know, I think like some, if, if you have parents involved in running, um, who can at least have a little, a little bit, bit of, more. yeah, that would be, they can at least, because my thing was, I didn't even know any coaches at all. You know, I was, I kind of chose a school based off scholarship um, mm. and proximity to home. You know, my big thing was not having my parents have to pay for my college. Like I thought, yeah, like, wow, what, you know, what a, what a big deal, which um, knowing like how many friends I have who still have student loans, it really, and I'm like, wow, okay, this wasn't so bad. Like, you know, there, there, there's like, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, well, there's the glass half full, <laughs> right? Like, okay, like, yeah, it wasn't, you know, at first the best experience, but, um, you know, eventually I did, I did do something about it and I transferred, um, to university of Portland, which I, I did think kind of resurrect everything. And, you know, I think, right. Every choice you make leads you somewhere. And to get to where I am now, if I didn't make that if decision to go to Portland, you know, I don't think I'm running professionally. Mm. So, so how is like, what's going on in your brain now? You're starting this new job. You're, you're not running with on anymore. You're, you said you're, you know, just going to see what you can do with these races and figure out if that is the problem. How do you feel about all this? Well, the, the crazy thing is, you know, when I, when I first got out of college, I would do some of these road races in between track season. And like, I would just be so happy to make the top 10. And mm. it's weird now that, um, you know, a lot of these like, like, uh, okay. So cross, for example, in 2017, I was like way in, way in the back, maybe in the thirties. And then in 20 US cross. US cross. Yeah. And then in 2019, these are all world years too. So I, I feel like that you can kind of compare them because people mm -hmm. show up. Um, mm -hmm. And then in 2019, you know, I was eighth and I really trained hard for that. Like, you know, I, I was still full time running. It was, I put all my effort into it. I was at altitude and everything. And I still couldn't even hang with the front pack. And then this past 2023, I'm not, you know, it's not even like my first thought of the day anymore. And, you know, I was one second away from getting second place. Like, and like, you know, and in the front pack the entire time, feeling very a part of the race. And I've, and I've noticed that it's almost like because I've been able to um, put in all of these years that now I can go to these road races and compete to a certain point to where this thing might affect me. But at least like it's not a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I still not I go to these races and fully expect to be in, you know, contending for the win uh, for most of the race. Like I don't I don't 
like I just used to get, always get dropped. And so I guess like, you know, coming back, it's like, that's why I still enjoy doing these because it's still just um, a, a silly foot race at the end of the day that I, I like, I like doing um, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, I, in myself included, I used to sit, think of it as being so serious, but it's, it's really not. It's, it's one of the first things we probably ever did as kids. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When did that switch for you? When it, when it stopped being my job. Yeah. The pressure's kind of relieved. Right. And it's like, I'm no matter what happens, I'm going to work Monday. Um, yeah. And that's not always guaranteed with professional. I mean, I guess you kind of get the years guaranteed, but um, every race that you have that, you know, there's, it's not an ongoing conversation with these people who handle the contracts. It's not like, you can like look at some sort of meter of like, Oh, we just went down a little bit on the being able to get resigned or we just went up or, mm-hmm. you know, you have no idea where you stand. And sometimes you could think you're doing really well and then still not get resigned. So I think just having, yeah, it not be the main thing anymore is uh, allows me to kind of enjoy the race more and not the outcome, I guess. Yeah. Uh, did that stress you out about not getting resigned? Um, no, because I, I prepared myself for it. You made a plan. Yeah. And, you know, for this seven years that I've done this, I've always had a contract. So I don't really know what that's like to be me to like still make this your own thing. Uh, and, or your only thing and, um, yeah, not have a deal, maybe not even no fault of your own. Like a lot of times I can't even understand why somebody gets dropped and you know, why somebody else gets this. And it's like, you know, that's, it's probably my biggest issue with this sport as a profession in general. Um, just the contract situation is so bizarre. It seems very confusing. Yeah. Like, do you need to win all the races? Do you need to have a big social media following? Like what is, what are, I guess different brands are looking for different things. Right. Are you a good storyteller. And you're not even an employee. Like you're a contracted hire, yeah. which is insane to me like i don't i i still don't understand that part like it should be i don't know we should all be getting benefits if this is a profession in my opinion Mm -hmm. um now i don't understand like this there is a gig economy that not everyone gets benefits um but i don't know it's nice to like know that i'm not going to be paying my own health insurance which is weird because Everyone should have health insurance, but I don't know. <laughs> that, 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 that'd be a very yeah. long topic. That's probably dive into. No, politics, yeah. But... If they don't offer health insurance, it's like it's on your agent to like make your like try to get your contract good enough that like you're getting paid enough to pay your own health insurance yeah, I mean, or whatever it is. Yeah. You like look at the contract and then you're like, okay, well, that's pretty good. But then you're like, oh, shoot, I got to pay $5,000 of this to health insurance. A year. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, well, like, now it doesn't even look as good. As soon as you yeah, take that away, that it's like, oh, then I have to pay a coach. Oh, then I have to pay, you know, especially if you're doing track. It's like, oh, well, then I have to pay for all of my travel. Well, I got this little travel budget, but it's going to cover maybe like half of the races. Yeah. And then oh, it's so like, oh, well, you should be getting therapy and then you should be getting. <laughs> it's like, oh, I don't really have much of a contract at all anymore. <laughs> so. Lots of this stuff. It's very expensive. Um, 
Tell us about your time at Mammoth, though. Did How many years did you live there? Four or five? Four, yeah. Uh, I, mo- okay. I moved there, uh, I guess, I guess actually probably three and a few months, I guess, would be officially. But then I, I've, um, after 2020, I, I kept going back for stints. Um, so, yeah, I, I couldn't think of a better situation to try and pursue um, just being a better runner. Uh, Mammoth as a town doesn't have a lot going on, which um, is a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing to be able to focus on this one thing. And, you know, I, I really credit Mammoth to um, letting me uh, fully develop and put in a, a bunch of really solid training for years to get to this point now where I don't necessarily have to have this perfect training to be able to compete at these races. Um, and, you know, when I first went there, there was a situation where you had free housing um, and free coaching from Andrew Castor. And, you know, Dina was always there to offer insight on whatever it is you had um, questions on. And, they were just really supportive. And I think that's probably the most important thing you need it, when you're coming out of college is not to go in debt right away, like paying rent or other adult things. Um, and then having support, you know, even if it's not necessarily financial, just having someone there to, again, hold you accountable and um, kind of, I don't know, just show up with you every day. So... I, I, yeah, I can't, I think it's the best altitude location in the States. I've been to the other big two and yeah, I, I think the training there is unmatched. Um, the other big two, you're talking Flagstaff and Boulder. See? Yeah, I, 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 I didn't have to say it. <laughs> um, I feel like I would really struggle with the seclusion of it though. I mean, I get the idea of like going all in on something and having no distractions, but um, are you a social person? Like, did, was that hard for you? Um, I, I can turn that off and on. Like, it kind of depends. Like, yeah, after a few months, I wouldn't, you know, because there's not really, there's like a seasonal airport there. Um, so mm. if not. A seasonal. Yeah. So the best thing to, to, like, the best place to fly out of is actually Reno. And I don't know okay. if you've been to Reno, but it's not like the nicest of places, but I would go to Reno and be like, yes, I'm back in the big city. Um, How far, how far is that? It's like two and a half hours. So not bad, but yeah, there's, you know, there's a whole foods there. There's a Costco. Like, okay, (laughs) this is city living. I'm getting my fix right now. Um, And then like, you know, if I would go do a race in New York city, that'd be like an overstimulus coming from Mammoth. Oh, totally. it's funny because the person who really hates that is Dina. Like she cannot, mm. like after you know, because she does still does all her stuff um, for ASICs, and she goes to yeah. like marathon weekend. She is wiped and needs. To, it's almost like she's like she has to go plug back in in Mammoth after a little bit. It doesn't matter where she goes. It's like Mammoth is um, her little charging station, and she's left off that charger for too long. She well, yeah. not to mention when she's at those events everybody's asking for a picture and talking to her and she's got all these obligations to be on stage. And yeah. I imagine that is so exhausting. Yeah. So she's always someone who's trying to get back to mammoth ASAP as soon as she leaves. Okay. So are you loving being in San Diego? Yeah. Um, it's very expensive, but I think <laughs> yeah. it's, 
probably one of the few places in the U.S. where the uh, look like the weather and the environment matches what you're paying. Because mm, sure, um, I don't know. Like I think it, like cities that compare and rent. It's like Boston has the same rent prices, but the weather is so bad there a lot of the time. And I just mm. don't understand. I'm like, why would you pay this? It's like, at least I know what I'm paying for. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm matching um, the the expensive rent price with like 360 days of perfect running weather. A quick break here to let you know about Hello Skin Care. Their lash therapy is amazing. I didn't believe it until I used it. And about two weeks in, my lashes changed dramatically. They also have a C-Juvenate Serum that I use every morning with vitamin C and ferulic acid super serum. I start my day with this every single day. If I'm going to direct you to anything on their site, though, I would for sure start with the lash therapy because I was so shocked with how well it worked. Your mascara goes on better, too. I don't know. It just sticks better. And then your lashes just like... I've never had long eyelashes, and I can't believe how long my eyelashes are from using this stuff. And the serum is a blend of peptides, vegan stem cells, vitamins, and amino acids to fortify and amplify the appearance of lash length and fullness. It works. It totally does. They say you'll notice in 60 days, but I'm telling you I noticed in two weeks' time. Go to helloskincare.com. Use the code LindsayH20 for 20% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, tell us about you and Sarah meeting. Yeah. So weirdly enough, you know, this was a concern of mine. I'm like, wow, I'm not going to ever date in Mammoth Lakes because yeah, who are you going to meet? Yeah. Who am I going to meet? I'd have to meet like some snow bunny or something, but then it's like the conversation will come up and be like, oh, I'm going to go back to LA. I'm like, oh, I live here. So yeah. Um, (laughs) but luckily uh you know terrence when he was coaching the baa um because he had that history of coaching on mammoth you know for altitude trips they would go to mammoth um and so sarah had joined the baa in 2014 she's a couple years older than me and um in 2016 they came that fall and um she wouldn't give me the time of day like none of them would, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. And then it wasn't until, so like we had met then is what I'm saying. Like, um, but we didn't have a meet cute. Like that, that didn't happen. Um, Were you trying? I wasn't trying. I was trying to just talk to anyone and they kind of like, they treated <laughs> me like a leper. Like, it's like, what is this like weird local doing? Um, yeah, I, I, I make fun of those girls all the time for that because now That's we're such so good funny. friends, you know, especially like yeah. um, Emily, uh, Nangeroni, Lapari. Um, she's a really uh-huh. good friend of ours now, but like, you know, like she, and she's like one of the most friendly persons. That, she's so nice. Yeah. But I, I, I recently interviewed her. It's the first time I ever talked to her and she's one of the easiest people I've ever right. interviewed. And she's like, even she didn't give me the time of day. So it's like, it's funny now <laughs> um, thinking about that. But anyways, it wasn't until um we were at a race that following summer so 2017 summer in uh cork ireland and that's like after the race there's kind of like this post um race kind of party type thing 
And um, after that, a lot of people had gone to sleep, but she and I like, and, well, actually I, I had decided that I was going to go um, out into downtown Cork, um, you know, have a little, have a little late night. And she decided to go with me. And I think like that was kind of like first time, like I thought she was interested because like she could have just easily gone to sleep. Like that would have been like the, like everyone's going to, like most people are going to sleep, but um, I think she was enjoying maybe hanging out with me and I was enjoying hanging out with her. Like I wanted to come with, but like that was like kind of the first time that something started to um, blossom. And then that fall they came back to Mammoth and that's kind of like when um, we started going on dates. So they stopped treating you like a leper. Yeah. Like it just took one of them to kind of cross over, you know? <laughs> so that's so funny. What is something about you that people don't know? Like, what do you think those, those people at that time, like thought you were like a quiet guy or something? And like, did they just like not know the real you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, and Sarah tells me this, that I'm not, I'm not very good at filtering what I have to say. Mm. And so maybe, you know, a lot of times when I first meet people, if I say something that um, is maybe too truthful, uh, a lot of people <laughs> think that I'm trying to be mean or trying to be hurtful. But um, to me, I've always just thought that like being honest is the best way to go. You know, like I'd rather rip the bandaid off um, mm -hmm. than, than slowly tear it. Like that's just how I've always been. And I think, a lot of times at first people will think that I'm kind of off-putting, but usually over time that changes if like we get a chance to talk and, um, you know, and I think that's true for anyone. If you, if you have a bad experience with someone with a stranger, you can instantly just write them off. But you, again, if you're curious and not judgmental, you could probably mm. find out a reason to why um, you, perceive that person as mistreating you or whatever it was that's also maybe it is walt whitman but it's also ted lasso right and that's and that's what um did he get it from walt Whit whitman he quoted someone and now i i know i'm gonna like it's just one of those things we're gonna have to fact check but he yeah that's where i first got it from when that came out ted yeah. lasso right new season coming out by I know. the way pumped I am too. Although the second season does, does not. I don't know if the second season didn't match the first or it was just like the first season came at such a great time, like mid COVID when everybody's like going crazy that I needed that uplifting thing in my life. But um, I think I liked the first season better. Yeah. It had the, the novelty, right? Like, yes. And that's and it. I got, I still, you know, now you're kind of coming back for the characters, not so much maybe it's yeah. the, the storyline. Totally. That's an interesting thing to think about, though, that that first impression that you're talking about. Um, I just had a meeting with someone for the first time and I sat back down in my car and I was like, does that person because I just had like a second or third cup of coffee for the day. And I think I was just like really energetic and I talked a lot. And I'm like, OK, either that person really liked my energy or they maybe think I'm a little bit crazy. Um, interesting what first impressions do and then I think we also tend to overthink what our first impressions are and we're like does that person like me do they not I don't know right well no I just think that's that's it in general is like we overthink it and that person's might not even be thinking about it at all they're probably maybe yeah. thinking about no. their cat 
being sick or something. <laughs> like, you know, you just don't know. And, and so yeah. to, to assume um, usually doesn't end well for you in your favor, you know? So. And I, I can tell you many times, cause I'm kind of an extrovert. I've met someone and I'm like, they weren't very friendly or like, I don't think they like me, but my husband oftentimes is like, they're just not as like social as you. Like they're just not as like aggressive as you. That doesn't mean they don't like you. They're just, they didn't, they don't need to say hello within a very excited smile and wave to every person they walk by on the sidewalk. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Okay. So you are running gate river tomorrow and, or is it Sunday? It's yeah, it's tomorrow now. Yeah. Um, and then you're going to Japan. So, like, how long will you guys be in Japan? And, like, we will Sarah get to enjoy, you know, how you guys did in Sydney after World Cross? Will she get to enjoy some time there after her race? Yeah. We're um, we're going to go to Tokyo for, I think, four days. Okay. Um, it's like the thought is really that we, we, we do want to have a family and – you know, you might be able to speak of this. Um, we feel like the opportunities to do something like this, um, not that it's impossible, but I feel like the percentages go way down. Um, to explain, we really, we love exploring new cities. You know, for our honeymoon, we went to Buenos Aires instead of, you know, some beach or something because we like, yeah, like Turks and Caicos right, Yeah, we, we love to explore new cultures and see how other people live. Because again, that kind of, um, you know, I feel like, especially as Americans, we assume that everyone does things our way because it's the best way. And it's just really, um, like, I, I think it just really helps you see the world um, when you travel to different cultures and then like get a chance to stay there and mm. try and mimic what that day in the life would be like. And that'll be a really beautiful way to like raise your family, like to have that insight in your head and your experiences to be able to carry that onto your kids. And yeah, I mean, you're right. It does get a lot harder to travel once you have kids. Some people are really good at traveling with kids for me. I, and we don't do, um, like overseas travel with them yet, but, um, I felt like when my, once my oldest was like three, it got a lot easier. Like I, when I had multiple little littles, I was like, we're just not doing that. Yeah. Like I just, I, it might look fun and sound fun, but I know that it's not going to be fun. So for me and my family, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and will they really know? No. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, I think, I guess like traveling just becomes probably different. Um, once you have kids, you know, you, you maybe try and do things that they would remember, you know, my, my family, my parents took me to all sorts of places. Um, but it, it was more like kind of, uh, landmarks in the u.s so things mm. that i'm actually kind of grateful that i don't need to go back and do like i don't need to go see mount rushmore again like that's just... but you're going to when you have a seven-year-old <laughs> i don't know <laughs> true yeah but i guess i never felt the need to go and do it i don't know by myself or uh, yeah because there's just things that it's like you want to see but you don't need to see twice yeah i said that and i've never been there so like as a kid myself or with my kids. So <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's cool. But then you're like, you just look <laughs> at it and you're like, that's cool. And then you're like, okay, well, what, 
let's go home, I guess. You know, it's like, yeah. that's the thing with, I mean, all the sort of landmarks in the U.S. It's like, same with the Grand Canyon. You're like, that's cool. It's very cool. And then you just, okay, well, I guess we'll go home now. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it reminds me that I'm so bad. Like, you know, people love to go to museums and stuff like that. And I, I go to a museum and I'm like, okay, I need to act like this is fun. I need to act like I'm invested and act like I care. But in the back of my head, I'm like, I don't want to be at this museum right now. This is not fun for me. And it's just who I am. I try and it doesn't work. So I just accept it. You like, you want to learn new things, but like, yeah. And that's like, kind of goes back to the way we sort of travel is like, we, we just want to know how people live, not Mm. kind of like, what's the most exciting thing about the city. It's like, no, what's the most offbeat, normal, local thing that people do? Um, like in Buenos Aires, we met some people on an Airbnb experience, another couple, and then we ended up going to a speakeasy until like three in the morning because that's what people in Buenos Aires do. They don't eat till 11 p.m. and then they go have drinks until three. And then that, that's like their normal day. And that was, you know, that was very new for people who go to bed at 9 p.m. Like, How'd you handle that? Did that stress you out? No, it was like it was cool. Like it, it was great to get a dinner reservation anywhere we wanted at nine p.m. Like we had to like oh. think about waiting. Like it was hard. Like that 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 part was hard. Oh, that'd be so hard. Um, but yeah, just you know, and then we're walking back from that bar to our uh, where we we're staying, and people are like the street had never been more alive, and it's you know it's, it's three in the morning. Oh my! And it's gosh. cool. Yeah, it's cool to like think that, you know, not everybody just works nine to five, or maybe they do work nine to five, uh-huh. but they don't. Then they have like five hours of whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And that's the part we were yeah. trying to figure out. Like, when do they work? Because when and when do they yeah, sleep? Yeah, when do they sleep? Yeah, uh, we're assuming they sleep after that, and then it's like you get up at nine or I don't know. But um, it, yeah, it's just it's just cool to think that American lifestyle isn't everywhere totally yeah that's awesome and i you know you will take that to your kids when if you have kids like that they'll learn those things from you guys it also makes me think of like if i have insomnia in the middle of the night or all the years i spent up with babies in the middle of the night it's like a really lonely feeling um but if you can think about those things like how big the world really is and that there are millions of people awake right now doing things like what you were talking about Maybe it'll make you feel a little less lonely in those middle of the night you yeah. know, times that you've had. I'm sure people listening have had moments like that. My loneliest moments are in the middle of the night where I'm like, why am I awake right now? You know, I yeah, I'll try to remember that. For, yeah. Remember for that when you're rocking a baby yeah. at three in the morning. Um, OK, well, so you and Sarah, this like with life, with her training and your training, but you, you know, back you know, doing full time work stuff. What's that like? Because she, she's all in pro. Like, she's not working a second job as well, is no. she? Um, so it, it's... Not that you can't be all in pro and work a second sure. job. You can. I know that lots of people yeah. do it. Um, so it, it's a little different now because I... We got... You know, one of the reasons we were, we were able to confidently get married is because our jobs... Like, we lived together before getting married. Um, and our jobs meant that we spent a lot of time together um way more than two people who have separate nine to fives and would only see each other in the evenings like that's that's a small window so 
you know, our jobs had allowed us to spend a lot of time together. Um, and it kind of feels like now I think it's harder for her because I'm actually doing something, but she'll, yeah, you're busy. She'll like pop into, cause I work from home and she'll pop into there and like, just kind of like, you know, like what you would do when you're used to hanging out with this person. And then she was like, Oh yeah, I forgot you're, you're working now. Um, and then she, <laughs> she would leave, but she like keeps doing that. And so I think maybe it's a little different from her. Like she needs to find, um, kind of some things to do now to fill the, like fill the time in between training. Um, uh-huh. but yeah, I just never really thought about, like, we kind of did everything together up until this point. And now it's like, she's like, Oh, uh, she's like, can we go to the beach this afternoon? I'm like, well, no, I, I gotta work. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, I guess I can go by myself. And so I think she's starting to do things now on her own that we used to do together, which is fine. Like that's, um, I think everyone should be able to do things by themselves. Um, but that's probably the biggest difference. Totally. That would be so weird. If I lived in San Diego, I'd go to the beach with you, Sarah, any day. <laughs> I think she, she, she would love that. Um, so is she st- super stoked for the marathon? Yeah. Well, um, Sarah's had terrible luck with marathons. Um, mm. Both of them have been, she's ran Chicago and New York when both years it was 75 degrees. And mm. Nagoya was supposed to be a safe bet, as New York was, which insane that it was so hot last year. But um, yeah, Nagoya was supposed to be a safe bet because it's usually pretty mild this time of year. But as we keep watching it, the temperature keeps climbing. Oh, so no. we're hoping that it'll at least like rain or something and uh-huh. keep it cool. Um, because yeah, she just wants a marathon that is a normal marathon temperature. Like, mm-hmm. is that too much to ask? I guess it is. So right. I think, I think like her level of excitement is going to vary with the weather um given her two past experiences but hopefully it's um you know at least below 60 (laughs) not too much to ask but we'll see i know um and listeners reed's wife is sarah pagano and we're gonna have her on the podcast as well so you get a little little intro here and then we'll have her on and we can hear about the race yeah exactly um all right well this has been fun getting to know you and I'm excited to see you race, like, no pressure. Like, let's see what happens. I hope your calf gets worked out and figured out. I really do. Yeah. Um, and again, if it doesn't, you know, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's true. Like, it, it is. And I think that's like, I think that's like my biggest mission now is I don't want people to have sympathy for me anymore. Because mm. at the end of the day, like, I don't have to do this. I'm choosing to do this. And, and that's just because I, I do really like to go and compete. You know, it's fun for me. A lot of, you know, now I, I think of it now of, um, as a side hustle. It's like, well, mm. some people bartend or some people drive Ubers or whatever. And I'm like, well, this happens just to be my side hustle where I get to go to a random city and run a, run a little foot race. Mm, um, a foot race. I love it that you call it a foot race. Yeah, I mean that's what it is, right? It's so old school. And yeah, and, and these, especially these road races, they're so there's there's such cool events with how many people, you know, from all different backgrounds and um, different experiences with running are coming together this one day. And then, you know, I I think that everyone should celebrate the way that the mass runners celebrate after mm-hmm. finishing that race. I mean, it's like, it's, 
it's so much fun to see just how happy they are that they did it. And I feel like as professionals, we really get away from that, which at the end of the day should just be like, wow, you know, this was a very cool thing I did this weekend. Um, my, my, so we have a little stand up meeting on Mondays and my, uh, team that I work with loves hearing about my race. And I'm just like, and to me, I'm like, what? It's not even that cool. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But then like, I, I think about it, I'm like, okay, that's probably very different than what they did this weekend. Mm-hmm. And especially if they didn't do anything, like other people just don't do anything with their weekends. And I'm like, this is your, this is your free, like you should do something. And I guess this is what I'm choosing to do. And despite knowing what could happen um, with my hamstrings. So. The people that work with you are like, dude, this guy that I work with, he runs so fast. Like I can just imagine those stories. I know they all want, they all want like tips. Not I'm going to be like a coach of like a thousand people somehow. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I don't coach. (laughs) I also love that you're doing this interview like in Jacksonville the day before the race. I feel like, and, and that's maybe part of this like, pressure's off. Sure. I'll do the podcast. I was on a plane at two in the morning and here I am. I'm racing tomorrow. But like, I feel like a lot of pros would be like, I'm going to be in the race this weekend. I can't do an interview this weekend. And then, you know, we'd have to schedule for the next week. So that's kind of like a laid back thing you're doing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Again, when I was younger, like leading up to the race, it, it was, it, it's like, uh, petrifying. Like it, you know, thinking about it all the time. And I just don't, I just don't do that anymore. You know, like, and I think it's more come with just the confidence that I think I'm going to have a good race. I think that was like Mm. the biggest thing that was like, Oh, what if, what if I do bad? Like, what if, what if I feel terrible? What if, and I'm just like, I don't, and I guess like I, I now I've done it so many times that I'm like, well, if you just, usually if you just really get the most out of yourself, it goes pretty well. And it's not that hard. That's like a, you know, that's an easy thing to do. It's an easy, hard thing to do. Um, just to, just to like have, give your best effort. And then, yeah, no matter what, who cares? Like everyone you think cares doesn't. Um, and the, maybe the biggest thing now that I thought really cared was a sponsor. And mm. I don't have one of those anymore. So they don't, <laughs> yeah, no one cares like um are you nervous at all though like do you get ner- are you like a little i get bit i like- get nervous on the start line so i you okay. know i now replace two days with one hour that's amazing it's a good trade yeah i'm like one hour can handle yeah, that like that's the fine. hour leading up when i start warming up i'm like okay this is this is probably gonna hurt a little bit um, <laughs> you know let's get ready definitely gonna hurt let's a get, little let's bit get, let's, let's start thinking about that you know let's get let's get ready for that um but not you know i only need an hour to do that now that's and like awesome. truly like, man, you know, for the first, you know, some of these races are pretty early um, until I start warming up. I'm like, oh, why am I awake? Uh, I know. <laughs> right. But then once I, and I almost need that. And like, yeah, if I didn't have that nervousness, I, I think it would go terribly. Yeah, sure. Like I, 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 and that's why I try to tell other people who are nervous. I'm like, no, you're, you're really excited because you, yeah. you, you care, like you want this to go, you want this to go well, you care about this, you need um, that adrenaline or else it's not going to go well. I guarantee that. I don't know if this is common for a lot of, you know, just everyday runners like me, but I, my nerves are always like, am I going to be able 
to push through when it really hurts, like mentally? Yeah. Am I going to be strong enough to keep working harder when I know I can, but I don't have to? So like, will I give in? Right. Will I give up? Even if it's just a little bit, like, am I willing to push that extra bit? That's what my nerves always are. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's the same for the professionals too. That, that, that's usually what I would get nervous about. It's like, you know, there's going to come a point where this is really tough. And I think because if I don't choose, you know, the, the right answer, which is, yes, you can always give more, then I'm really disappointed with myself after. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm nervous about is disappointing myself, which is kind of silly. But um, totally, though. But that's yeah, that's it. And I guess the more times that I've not disappointed myself, I guess the more I I'm able to um, not totally self-destruct in that hour leading up be like more mm. positive reinforcement like yeah it, it's gonna suck and it always does but hey you've come through a lot of times so you know that's the kind of what i tell myself all right everybody tell yourself that whatever you've got coming up a lot of people run in boston here here before too long you gotta tell yourself that yeah like unless it's your first marathon you know you can tell yourself hey i did i've done this we've, yeah. i've gotten through this so you can do it again. All right. What's what's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? I really, I have this fantasy of opening up and maybe not like a complete brick and mortar, but at some point, like in a farmer's market, I want to try and sell um, sourdough bread and see, see what happens. But I, there's like a lot of, you know, legalities you have to go through with selling food. But I think- You have to have like a- sp- kitchen some sort like of permit food kitchen maybe, yeah, maybe not so much at like a farmer's market but you have to have some sort of or anyways if that all becomes possible then yeah i think i would love to because i really love baking um and cooking in general and so i think that would be something that i would love to do just maybe randomly when i'm like 55 or something young a young 55 yeah um who do you do most of the cooking then at the house? No, we we share a lot, um, yeah. and that's another thing that we kind of bonded over. Uh, you know, I think it's good mm-hmm. to have um, different interests as a as a couple, but I also think like you do need something that you both really like, and that not only you know is it cooking, but then it leads to going to restaurants and trying new foods and mm-hmm. that sort of thing is like kind of a guaranteed date night that we can always do. I love that. Yeah, I read somewhere that you were into cooking. I think on the Mammoth Track Club page. Yeah. What is the best, most recent book you've read? Uh, so I would say best because I, I I just I I, I just finished um, uh, Matthew Perry's memoir, which I didn't really enjoy reading. Uh, <laughs> I, I've heard bad. Yeah. Wow. On that. It's really depressing. So let's not talk about. That. Um. Let's say uh, <laughs> Shantaran, which okay. That came out when I was like nine and I could not read that as a nine-year-old. And the only reason I read it now was because Apple TV did a series on it. And I read it before I watched the series and they did a terrible job because I thought that book was Uh unbelievable, like just so good. Uh Um, And even even if it's like, I don't know, even 20% actually based on a true story. It's just, it's just incredible. Like I can't, I can't believe that this guy went through all of this stuff and it really makes me want to travel to India, which has got to be on the bucket list now. Um, but yeah, I'd say Shantaram was definitely, uh, 
a book that I couldn't put down. Okay. I haven't heard of that. I'm excited that you suggested it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's almost like 20 years old now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Um, I would say my dad's dad, uh, who passed away when I was one, but he fought in World War II and was a prisoner of war. Um, and so he was actually, um, at the Bataan death march in, uh, as a captive, uh, by Japan. And I don't know how he survived that. And I think about like, like how many people die. Cause like there's, there's some good books that talk about, um, that part of history and how many people died from being a prisoner of war. And I don't know how he made it. And I think that maybe some of my like ability to suffer has to have come from him. Mm. Um, now I, and I'm also very aware that my suffering in races for less than an hour or whatever it is, is not anything compared to the 40 something days that he was starved and beaten and all this, you know, all these things. And, uh, I, yeah, I just want to know, um, uh, what that was like. And, um, yeah, I, and I just think about how if he didn't have that will to survive, I wouldn't be here. Mm, totally. This is your dad's, dad's dad? dad? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and he passed when you were one. Yeah. You said. Yeah, so you mostly know about him from stories and. Right. And like yeah. apparently, you know, even, and I think this is common with people who um, fought in wars or at least did tours, is he never talked about it. Mm so much um, there so much there like even my like my 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 dad has a lot of siblings and none of them are able to recount him saying anything about what happened to him wow i think like you know if i was given this hypothetical platform where he had to tell me everything like i mm-hmm. think there wouldn't be a conver- like i would pay any amount of money to have that conversation wow wow do you have a favorite book from that time period yeah, there's one called Ghost Soldiers. Okay. Um, that he is actually, um, I think, mentioned in like the, there's like a whole list of names. Oh, cool. And, and so he's in there. Um, yeah, that, that, it, it's, it, it's a really good read and it'll really make you appreciate um, your life now. Mm-hmm. Like be grateful for what you have because it, it just sounds absolutely awful Mm. like being held captive so can't imagine like i think it was similar to um um, the louis zamperini story oh yeah Yeah. um like they kind of went through similar things so yeah if you all haven't read that book that's a good one yeah or you can watch if you're not yeah yeah, watch the movie if you you don't want to read the book um what's your last message to leave with the audience um yeah, I would say just back to the just um, enjoying, you know, I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to this are runners, you know, enjoy your race. Like, mm. it's cool. It's a cool thing to do. And um, like I said, like, it's a, it's kind of like a privilege to be able to do that. Like, there are people who can't run. Um, you know, there's people who just, you know, maybe they don't really do anything on their weekends. And like, you're doing a really cool thing when you go to these races. And I, I think that. Um, I'm still working on that with myself, but 
I want everyone else to also work on that and not get so caught up in the results. Love it. Thank you, Reed. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Reed, for coming on the podcast. You can follow Reed on Instagram. He is R-E-I-D Buchanan over there. I'm LindsayHine626 on Instagram, at LindsayHine on Twitter. And we have a Facebook group. I would love to have you join. I'll have another podcast over there. Uh, Learn more about everything we talked about in this podcast or any of the shows in our network when you go to SandyBoyProductions.com. Thanks for being here and we'll see you next week on All Have Another.